Welcome to the Washington Union Alliance Church Podcast, an archive of our recorded sermons. We're a Christian and Missionary Alliance Church located in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. For more information, go to wuac.org. As we think about the different scriptures that tell us about the coming of Jesus, one that uh, is well known throughout uh, Christianity is from Isaiah chapter 9. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Jesus, Messiah, Prince of Peace. On the night when Jesus was born, out in the fields, doing their ordinary work, their ordinary job that they did day in, day out, were shepherds. They weren't expecting anything unusual that night. Uh, It was an ordinary night. Now, it is said that they were probably shepherds looking over sheep that were uh, destined for sacrifice because this was pretty close to Jerusalem uh, where uh, sacrificing of the animals was a part of religious worship. So they had a very important responsibility, but not a very appreciated one. They were the common people and they were just doing their job. So as they were there, suddenly an angel appeared. And you're not expecting that. An angel appears. What are you going to do? They were terrified. They thought, sure, that they were about to be struck down. But the angel quieted them and said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. Even in that angel's announcement to the shepherds, the Prince of Peace was pouring out peace. So instead of running away in fear, the shepherds listened. And then after they heard the message, they quickly talked together and said, let's go to Jerusalem, to, to Jerusalem, so that, or to Bethlehem, to see this that the angel has said, to see that it's come true. And so they hurried off. The message of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, brings peace even to those who are frightened, who are terrified. Peace for the fearful. I want to review with you some scripture passages that talk about the work of the Prince of Peace uh, from the New Testament. After the message of the angel to the shepherds in Luke 2, announcing the birth of Jesus, it says that a great company of the heavenly hosts joined together and they sang out. And I can imagine that was an amazing thing with all of those uh, angels singing. It would have filled the the sky and the area and the sounds that were there and the beauty of their voices. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So even in this great song of announcement, there is peace. Peace on those whom God's favor rests. Luke 8 tells us about a woman who had been suffering from a bleeding disorder for 12 years When you're suffering and you're going through this struggle and you keep trying to find ways to take care of the issue and you can't get it taken care of, you are not at peace. You are disturbed. You are anxious. And uh, she was seeking help. 
She was desperate for healing from Jesus. So she thought, if I can just touch the hem of Jesus' garment, I will be healed. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched the garment of Jesus when he had said, who touched me? So she spoke to them and told how she touched Jesus and how she had been instantly healed. Then Jesus said these words, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Go in peace. In one sense, he's saying, I don't have anything against you for touching my garments. Rather, I'm blessing you. But that idea of peace, the healing, wholeness, forgiveness, acceptance. There was concerns that they wouldn't allow her to approach, but she did, and he received her. At another time, just before what is called his Passion Week or Week of Suffering, Jesus approached Jerusalem, and he said these words as he was looking out over the city. Uh, he wept over it, and he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. So peace was available. Jesus was there, the Prince of Peace, but it was hidden from them. They didn't understand. They couldn't quite see what would bring them peace. Instead, they were turning away from him. He says, it is hidden from them. Uh, they were looking for political peace, but Jesus was offering them spiritual peace, eternal peace. But the majority of the people in Jesus' day couldn't see it. As Jesus said, it is hidden from your eyes. And still today, many people of our world don't see Jesus. They hear his name as a profanity, perhaps. Uh, use it in all sorts of wrong ways. They don't see him as that prince of peace, the savior, the one who loves us. Jesus says, if you had only known what would bring you peace, but it has been hidden. So for many, it's still hidden until Jesus opens our eyes. The peace which Jesus offers is different from the kind of peace that the world is searching for. John 14, verse 27 says, peace I leave with you. Jesus is speaking to the disciples. He says, my peace I give you, not as the world gives, I give to you. It's a different kind of peace. It's a peace from God, a peace that touches down to the depths of our hearts. Shortly before Jesus was arrested and crucified, knowing that they all the trouble that his disciples would face, Jesus encouraged them with a message of peace. John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That is a message of peace, a peace and victory, that even though the world is troubled, we can have peace through Jesus. And now one last passage that tells the story of the Prince of Peace. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Andrew read a portion of that earlier, and we're going to look at it a little bit more in depth. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 18. Now, as we read this, I want you to be listening for four times when the word peace is shown. Therefore, remember that formerly 
You who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, parenthesis, that done in the body by the hands of men, end parenthesis, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. So through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Peace. Peace from the Prince of Peace. Peace for those who were living in the darkness of uh, of sin and fear. Peace. God's peace through Jesus. We think about his peace, the peace that the Prince of Peace gives. In the Old Testament, the word for police for peace is shalom. Uh, still a common greeting today among families of the Middle East. Uh, shalom alechem, alechem shalom. That would be among the, the Jewish people, uh, the Arabic people. Uh, Assalamu alaikum. I know my pronunciation's off, but we'll get the idea. Wa alakum assalam. And both of those statements mean peace unto you. Peace be with you. So a greeting of peace. May there be peace in your life, peace in your heart. And then you're to respond in a similar way. The word for peace in the New Testament uh, it has the same root word as the name Irene. Uh, I've known several women named Irene, and the name means peace. The name means peace. Uh, Irene, or Irene, peace, the word used to translate shalom into Greek and the word used for peace in the New Testament. Both shalom and Irene uh, speak of completeness soundness, well-being. So to be at peace with someone is to have a sound, complete relationship, a whole relationship with nothing missing or interfering. According to Urban's Bible Dictionary, these words are often used when a person asks prayer for the welfare of another person or when one is in harmony or accord with another. So when we pray God's blessing of peace on someone, we're longing for everything good for that person, for things to be made whole and well in that person, to pray a blessing of peace. In some cultures, greetings use the word peace. And in our culture, uh, a handshake is a symbol of peace. Uh, you think about it, if you're at odds with someone, you're not shaking their hands. There are times when uh, things are just broken down, the relationship's broken down. But when we extend the hand, it's like that olive branch, a hand of peace. And though we long for and we work for peace, true peace comes only from the one who is the prince of peace. 
Jesus. Our Ephesians 2 reading, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace. Jesus, our Prince of Peace, gives peace to those living in darkness and fear. Remember the announcements of the angel to those uh, terrified shepherds. You know, peace. We bring peace. Don't be afraid. Isaiah 9, 2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. In our passage, two, chapter 2, verse 12, uh, talks about those who were separated from Christ, those who were excluded from citizenship and the chosen people, those who were foreigners to the covenants of promise, those who were without hope and without God, Jesus brings a message of peace. To those who would not have anything to do with God, uh, who were traveling far away in a different direction, not caring about God, yet he announces peace. And he calls them to experience peace. He gives himself so that we can be redeemed and be made a part of his family. Not enemies any longer, but part of his family. Uh, think about who is mentioned in this passage. All of those people in the exclusion, 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 what you're doing without. What does this say about the heart of God? Does he care for people? We know he cares for people. We know he cares for good people, but his saying they care for the people who are in rebellion, that Jesus came to reach out even to them. Peace. God's peace through Jesus, for Jesus is our peace. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is our peace. He's not just a broker of peace, crafting some kind of treaty to end hostilities, but he's the purchaser of peace through his shed blood. He paid the price for peace. He paid the price to take care of the struggles between us and to give us uh, unity in him. Uh, Jesus uh, purchased that peace. And he's not only the purchaser, but he's the very agent or substance of the peace. This passage describes him as the peacemaker who made the two groups one. Now what two groups is is uh, the writer talking about. He's talking about the circumcision and the uncircumcision. Those who were believers uh, in the covenant that was made with Abraham and had been circumcised as a sign of the covenant, they were believing in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, those were the circumcision. The uncircumcision would be anybody else. And it was talking about the Gentiles, those who were not a part of the worshiping family of the Hebrews. So there were only two groups as far as they were concerned in the whole world, the circumcision and the uncircumcision. But Jesus made the two groups one. Those two groups who had no sense of shared identity. They didn't have any real care one for another. The two groups had no desire to mix. There was an us versus them mentality. Is that hard to imagine? It shouldn't be. Think about what's going on in the Middle East right now. In Gaza, the Palestinians and the Jews, they are not looking at each other with peace in their hearts. They're not looking upon each other as equals or people of importance, but rather as enemies. As enemies. These two groups that are so far apart. And yet Jesus 
wants to make them one. There are among the Palestinians those who already believe in Jesus as Messiah. And there are in the Jewish forces people who believe that Jesus is Messiah. They are one even though they're in these separate camps. Somehow, Jesus brings down the barriers. By his death, Jesus destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Anything that separated them, he's taken it away. The impenetrable border wall that had kept the uncircumcised away from the circumcised, from the territory of the so-called faithful. Even if outsiders knocked on the wall, the insiders didn't want anything to do with them. But like the walls of Jericho, the dividing wall came tumbling down through Jesus. I want us to think about the dividing wall with a little different illustration, probably the one that was in the mind of most of the readers in Paul's day. Uh, The walls refer to the walls of the Jerusalem temple, walls that were built to separate different portions of the temple from others and to prevent inappropriate access to the presence of God. And the most inner place in the temple is the Holy of Holies. And only the high priest was allowed to go in and only one time a year on the Day of Atonement. So that place was surrounded uh, by curtains that no one was to go into except the high priest that once a year. Then there were priests who were allowed in that outer section around the Holy of Holies called the Holy Place but it was the priest. It wasn't the ordinary person. So there's still a barrier to the people. Then outside of that, there was another section where the Jewish men would gather together for worship. People of the covenant, men of the covenant. And beyond that, there was a place for the women who were Jewish who could worship together. And then further back was the court of the Gentiles, where those who were Gentiles, but who were believing in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and have wanted to worship along with them, they could be in that court. And then further out would be the people who had nothing to do with God. So there were these walls that were keeping people away from God. But Jesus tore down the walls by giving himself on the cross to pay for our sins. When he died, the curtain in the temple that separated the Holy of Holies from the other places was torn in two from top to bottom, declaring access to the Father through the blood of Jesus. Through Jesus, we can have access to the Father. For He has torn down the barrier of hostility, and He's opened the doorway of peace. We who were at odds with God can be allowed entrance because Jesus has paid the price for us. He is... Uh, even while we were still enemies, Christ died for us. Amazing. Jesus himself is our peace. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. So there would no longer be two separate groups, but one body through the sacrifice of Jesus. By his sacrifice, Jesus reconciled both groups to God. Jews could not find full forgiveness without Jesus Messiah. The Gentiles had no hope without Jesus opening the door for them. Neither group had salvation until Jesus paved the way. 
whether Jew or Gentile, there is no salvation outside of Jesus. It is through Jesus that we can have hope and access into the presence and blessing of God. By his death, Jesus put to death the hostility between both of those groups and between them and God so that we can be at peace with God, that we can live and exist in the favor of God because our sins can be forgiven through the blood of Jesus. Through faith in Jesus, we become a new person, a new creation. There's a new reality that uh, people in other uh, nations all around the world, those who know Jesus, become our brothers and sisters in Christ so that we're not enemies, but we are family together. Jesus is our peace. Galatians 3, verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Jesus is our peace. I believe the people of our world are longing for peace they may have different ideas of what that peace would look like, uh, but they do want peace. Uh, I just read this morning that uh, Putin in Russia has saying now he's willing to entertain a ceasefire as long as uh, Russian troops are allowed to stay where they are. Uh, they're not going to go any further. That's that's a sort of a behind the scenes thing, according to the paper. Uh, there's a sense of peace, but what that peace would look like. You know, we don't want to be taken in by just some words of peace, but what is the real peace? We desire peace between nations. We desire uh, for the rancor between the political parties to be set aside so that we can work together for the good of the nation. Uh, we desire peace between the races and the various nationalities and long for all people to treat each other with respect and compassion. As individuals, we want to be in healthy relationships with others. But sin breaks down that peace and it rebuilds walls of hostility. Only Jesus can break the walls down. Come to Jesus, for he is peace. When you feel the walls being rebuilt in your heart, and I think you know what I mean. When there are struggles that we have with someone and you feel that resistance coming up, when those walls start to be rebuilt, then intentionally turn to Jesus and surrender to him. Declare that he is your peace. And then intentionally look at that other person through the heart of Jesus. Not through the heart of anger or struggle, but look through the heart of Jesus. How does Jesus react to this person? How can I act like Jesus to them? That's hard. That's hard. But Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And Jesus will give us that uh, power, his power, to reach out in peace to those around us. So reach out with the hand of peace, the hand of mercy, the hand of Jesus. Jesus is our peace. He is the Prince of Peace. There's an old poster that says, no Jesus, no peace. N-O. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have peace. And then there's the other words that say, 
know Jesus, know peace, K-N-O-W, know Jesus, then you know and experience peace. Do you know Jesus? Jesus.